I've been saying through this series that if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've given God the reins, that you're living in Graceland. And the fact that you live in Graceland changes everything. I mean, grace means that not only is God with us or by us or in us, but the fact is God is for us in our lives. And that's huge. We talked about what grace is, uh, how grace works, that it works in the heartbreaks of life, that it assists us in living so that we can live God's way, and that it helps wipe out, last week we talked about this, that it wipes out guilt. And today what I want to look at is extending grace, extending grace. Uh, And I'm going to warn you up front that this may be a difficult message for some to hear. Because the Bible says, not only does God want to extend grace to you, but God expects us to extend grace to other people. The fact that you live in Graceland means that God has blessed you, that God has forgiven you. And because you live in Graceland, we're to be people of grace. You know, Jesus said it like this. In Matthew, he says, give as freely as you have received Whatever God has given to you, you're to freely give to other people. Of all the things that God's given you, I would argue you have received forgiveness more than anything. And because God's given you that, we are to freely, I emphasize freely, give forgiveness to other people. We live in a world that I believe needs forgiveness desperately. You know, I mean, if you just take a casual look around the world, you realize the need for grace. I mean, just watch the news. Stop and visit a courtroom sometime. Talk to your neighbor. I mean, look around. You know, whether, whether you're at the water cooler at work or on a playground at school, you know, whether you're working at Walmart or Wall Street, whether you're standing at Ground Zero or 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, and friends, whether you're in Baghdad or in your backyard, I would argue there is a desperate need for forgiveness. I mean, it's great. It's huge. You know, when it comes to forgiveness, I I think we have a lot of uh, misconceptions. There are a lot of myths out there when it it comes to this thing called forgiveness. I mean, what is is real forgiveness? I I thought about this a little bit, and I want to give you a quiz. Four questions. Don't answer out loud, but you might get a pen and just jot down your answer. And they're true and false. So you got a 50-50 chance, all right? Some of you are going, oh, I love, I love true and false. The analytics are going, I hate true and false because I think too much. You know. But here's the first question. A person should not be forgiven until they ask for it. True, false. Which is it? Here's the second question. Forgiveness means minimizing the offense or minimizing the pain that it caused. True, 
faults. Forgiveness includes restoring trust, reuniting a relationship. True? False. Here's the fourth one. You haven't really forgiven until you have forgotten the offense. True? False. If you read God's word, particularly if you spend time in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you listen to what Jesus says on the topic of forgiveness, you'd come to the conclusion that all four statements I just asked you about are false. And I thought to kind of help us get a handle on forgiveness, what I wanted to do is first look at what forgiveness is not, all right? So, first of all, forgiveness is not conditional. In other words, it's not contingent upon uh, some kind of condition that you create. In fact, the Bible says it's exactly the opposite, that genuine, real forgiveness is unconditional. The fact is that it's not something you earn It's not something you deserve. It's not something you can buy or bargain for. It's not something you get if you promise never to do it again. Genuine forgiveness, unconditional. No strings attached. You know, if some of you right now, if you're going, well, I will forgive you if. That is not forgiveness. That's a bargain. But it's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is unconditional. It's offered even when it's not asked for. It is given freely. You know, I think about Jesus was hanging on the cross. He's dying for our sins, for our forgiveness. And he prayed a prayer and he just said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And at that point, no one was asking for forgiveness. And definitely nobody deserved it. But Jesus extended it. It was unconditionally offered. It was a pardon of forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is not conditional. It's also not minimizing. It's not, it does not minimize an offense or the seriousness of, of what's happened in, in your life or someone else's life. You know, it's not saying, well... It wasn't a really big deal. I, I didn't really, it didn't really hurt that bad. Don't worry about it. You know, kind of brush it off. The fact is, if it needs forgiving, it does hurt. It did cause pain. And what I want you to hear is minimizing it is not part of forgiveness. It's something else. I don't know what, but it's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is saying, yes, it did hurt. Yes, it did cause pain but I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let you go. I'm not going to hold it against you. You know, it's been in the news quite a bit lately. Uh, Jennifer Hudson, her, her mom and brother were killed. A tragic, tragic event. And they're still looking for, for the killers. But if she was to go to the killers and go, you know, I want to forgive you. You know, I, I know it wasn't that big of a thing. We'd all be going, are you kidding me? Are you crazy? I mean, it's not forgiveness. It's insanity, maybe, to say something like that. The fact is, it was tragic. It is a big deal. It, it is huge. And forgiveness is about things that do hurt, 
that do cause pain, that have caused harm. Let's say that you don't like the way I dress. I know it could happen, but you know. But let's just take that. You don't like the way I dress. Maybe, maybe it offends your, your fashion sensibility or something. I do not need your forgiveness. What I need is your acceptance. On the other hand, if I were to hurt you intentionally, if I was to wrong you, then I need forgiveness. Forgiveness, again, is not about minimizing things. It's about addressing things that really hurt, that, that are intentional, that hurt people in their lives. Forgiveness also is not reconciliation. You know, and, and the fact is, it is not, I forgive you and everything's back to normal. It is not, forgiveness is not the same thing as restoration or restoring a relationship. Forgiveness, friends, is instantaneous. Trust is built over time. Two different issues. There's a huge difference between forgiving a person and trusting a person. Forgiveness simply addresses the incident. It lets the person off the hook for what happened. But it does not guarantee that the relationship will ever be right. That's a different issue. That's a whole different issue. It takes more than forgiveness to reconcile or fix a relationship. You know, reconciliation, they're they're really... uh, Three more things you need. It starts with forgiveness. That's your part, to forgive. But then it requires a thing called repentance, where we start demonstrating that we we genuinely remorse over what's been done. And then there's a point where restitution, where you, uh, if you're able, you try and make things right. And then the the third piece required, if you're going to restore a relationship, is building trust. And friends, I'll just tell you, it takes hard work, and it takes time. It takes time. For instance, if someone's in an abusive relationship, and someone's been hurt over and over and over again. And so let's just say the person hurts that individual, and then they come home, and they say, you know, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Because you live in Graceland, God expects the answer to that to be, yes, I forgive you. Forgiveness is instant. Now, let's just say, person comes home, they say, will you forgive me? And then they say, now will you let me back in the house? That's a different story. You know, the fair response to that would be, I need to see some progress first. You know, we need to go to counseling together you need to develop a track record that shows me that you're genuinely working to change. Forgiveness is based on grace, all right? Trust is earned, huge difference, huge difference. I mean, if somebody repeatedly uh, offends you over and over, hurts you the same way, again, because you live in Graceland, God says you need to forgive but you are not obligated to instantly trust them or act like everything's fine or to even continue the relationship if there is no change. Okay, is that that clear? I want to make sure that's clear what, what we're talking about there. 
Forgiveness is not forgetting. And this is the one that I think hangs more people up than anything because somehow we've got the idea that to forgive is to forget. And that's absolutely not true. It's not true. Forgiving is not forgetting what happened. The, The fact is, we live in this world, I think in the U.S. it's kind of popular, you know, forgive, forget. It sounds right. Sounds good. But there's one big problem. You can't do it. You can't do it. It doesn't work. It is impossible to forget something that causes you pain. It's just illogical, really. You know, the fact is, I'm going to forget this. And, and the whole time, what are you thinking about? The thing that you're trying to forget. I mean, it, it really doesn't work. But somehow, somehow we, we've got this idea that if we were mature as a Christian, if we were really, really mature, that we'd be able to forget the painful situation. And the fact is, I want to suggest to you there's something better than forgetting. And that's remembering. Remembering, but not having to feel the pain again. You know, remembering the situation and seeing how God worked in it, how God brought good out of the situation, how God grew your character, how he developed your sensitivity toward other people, how God maybe changed the whole trajectory of your life, that you realize wherever you are today that you wouldn't be there if it wasn't for having gone through that. There's something better than forgetting. And it's remembering, realizing, I think, the the sovereign grace of God working in, in your life. Paul said in Romans 8, he says, We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Friends, when I forget something, I do not thank God. I do not praise God, but when I remember something and I realize how God has worked through that, realize what God has done in my life through that situation, then I can thank God. Then I can really praise God. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not forgetting. So so what is it? What is forgiveness? Well, I think forgiveness, it all starts at Graceland. You know, remembering that you live in Graceland. Remembering how much you have been forgiven in your life. Paul says in Ephesians 4, he says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, just as in Christ God forgave you. Friends, again, you're not forgiven because you earned it, because you deserve it, because you promised you would never, ever, ever do that again. You're forgiven because you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Graceland is the starting point. You, you do not, if you don't feel forgiven, and we've talked a lot about this, if you don't feel forgiven, you don't want to forgive other people. And if you're really hard on yourself, then you're going to be hard on the people around you. But here's what I would argue. The more that you experience and receive God's grace in your life, the more gracious you're going to be in your life. You know, one day, Jesus is walking and a a prostitute approaches him and throws herself down at his feet. Religious leaders are, are watching this. And she took a vial of perfume, really, really expensive perfume. 
and she broke it, and she began to, to wash his feet. In those days, they had sandals on, and this was a, a common practice, not with the perfume, but it was an act of love. And so the religious leaders are watching, and they're, they're incensed about this. And they had a lot to say about it, if you read, read the story. But the, the first thing, they're, they're looking, they're going, look who's doing this. Look at her. You know, and then they start going, and she took that perfume. It's expensive. She should have sold it. She should have sold it, gave that money to the poor, or done something really significant with it. And it's interesting because Jesus rebukes them. He catches the religious leaders. He rebukes them, and he says, you know, basically, chill out. You know, she has been forgiven much. And she is giving the most love. It's an interesting comment. And then he says, you know what? She's going to be remembered for this action. Because it was an act of worship. It was because she had experienced God's grace that she bestowed grace upon Christ. You know, it begins with remembering. Remembering how much that you've been forgiven in your life. Forgiveness um, starts in Graceland, and forgiveness learns to let go. And and I want to say this is kind of the heart, the heart of uh, forgiveness and grace. Romans 12, it says this, says, Never avenge yourself, leave that to God, for he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. He says, don't try and get even. Don't try and retaliate. Don't try and seek revenge. Leave it to God. Leave it to God. Forgiveness means giving up your right to get even. And I know as I say that, some of you are going, that's not fair. And you know what I would say to that? Whoever said forgiveness is fair. You know, the the word for fairness is justice. Fairness is justice. Forgiveness is grace. You do not deserve to be forgiven. You deserve justice. Now, my question to you would be, aren't you glad that God hasn't given you what you deserve? I mean, the fact is, none of us would be here if we, if we got what we deserved. And here's what I've figured out about people. We want justice in everyone else's life but we want grace in ours, true? If, if you can't forgive, sometimes you have to hit the pause button. You have to think about how much God has forgiven you. And then think about this. You will never forgive a single individual for whatever and however big. You'll never have to forgive someone else more than God's already forgiven you. You know, God wants you to be gracious to other people. God wants you to let go of wanting to get even. Why why is that? Well, Scripture pushes that. It says, leave that to God. For he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. In other words, life isn't fair. It's not fair in life. But one day God's going to settle the score. One day God's going to close the book. He's going to even the the odds and, you know, right the wrongs in life. Sometimes you see justice in this world. Sometimes. 
But I would argue a lot of times you don't. You don't. But God says, you know what, someday I'll take care of that. Someday I'm going to, to address that. And basically I think what God would say to us is, you know, let me handle it. Just relax and live in Graceland. Let me give you peace in your life and let go. Let go of this stuff. Because, friends, when you hold on to whatever the hurt is, whatever the pain, this idea I'm going to get fix somebody, get even with them, the only person that really gets hurt is you. You've got to let go. You've got to let go of your right to get even. And consider this. Jesus said it this way. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive you your transgressions. Jesus is pretty pointed there. I think he's pretty clear. Basically, he says, you know what? Forgiveness is two-way street. He says, you can't receive that that you're unwilling to give. And when I read that, I go, ouch. That one hurts. You know, forgiveness, forgiveness responds with good. You know, when you're put into a bad situation, forgiveness responds with good. Jesus said in Luke uh, 6, he says, do good to others who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who mistreat you. You know, people ask me, sometimes they'll say, how can you tell if you've really let go of it? How can you tell if, if you've genuinely forgiven someone? I always will answer and give the same answer all the time. If you can pray a prayer that God blesses them. And after people go pale and all the other things that they do, it's true. When you can actually pray a prayer and say, God, work in that person's life that hurt me. Make their life better, more in line with you. And when you can do that, friends, then you know that forgiveness has completed its work in you. When you're able to see their hurts and your hurts, okay, not, not just your own, but you can see theirs. And I've said this many times, hurt people hurt people. It is more than likely if someone has hurt you or violated or whatever it is, it's because they're hurting inside. And I know just saying this thing about blessing, you know, being able to pray that God work in their life and bless them. Some of you are going, are you kidding me? Pray that God makes their life better? I mean, how could I do that? That's impossible. I can't do this. And you know what? You are absolutely right. You can't. You can't on your own. You can't unless you have the love of God in you, that it's penetrated every fiber of of your being. It's only the love of God that would cause you to do something like that. You know, 1 Corinthians says, love keeps no record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs. I heard the other day about a guy who had an argument with his wife. Next morning, he's at work, and he's kind of venting to a buddy. He says, you know what? Last night, my wife got hysterical on me. And the guy said, you mean hysterical? 
He says, no, historical. She told me everything I've ever done that was wrong. You know. Do you ever do that? I do. And the Bible says that when we do, that's just cruel. You know, don't be cruel. Love keeps no record of wrong. It doesn't mean that we forget it. It means that we don't use it as ammunition. We don't pull it out to retaliate. You know, too many times we, we say that we forgive something, someone hurts us, and what we do is we stockpile it. So that later on, when we do something and we get nailed, and someone goes, you did this, we can go over, dig through our stockpile and go, yeah, but you did this. Don't be cruel. Don't be cruel. Love keeps no record of wrong. There's one more thing that I think is part of genuine forgiveness. I mean, it all starts in Graceland, remembering how much you've been forgiven. It's letting go of my plan to get even, letting God do what God does, but i got to let go. And it's responding. It's responding to whatever the situation is with good in our life, But it's also forgiveness goes the distance. Forgiveness goes the distance. In other words, forgiveness is not a one-time event. It's not, it is something that you do. You are very intentional about doing over and over and over and over again. How long do you keep forgiving? As long as it takes. Until you feel that revenge go away. You know, Peter asked one time, he says, he's talking to Jesus. He says, Lord, how often should I forgive somebody who sinned against me? He goes, seven times? Now, you have to understand, Peter thinks he's being like big hearted. Because Jewish law was that you forgive a person three times. So Peter's saying, Okay, three times, I'm going to double it up, one more for good measure, make sure I'm pushing, pushing the envelope. And, and so he says, seven times. And Jesus replies, seven? Hardly. How about 70 times seven? Now, Jesus' point was infinity for as long as it takes until you let go. You keep forgiving You know, it may be that one incident and you just can't let it go. When you think about it and the pain shows up again, you got to forgive it again until that desire to get even stops. I'm going to speak for me. See if this fits you. Have you ever prayed a prayer and said, God, I know this bitterness, this anger, whatever, it's killing me. It's tearing me up inside. And, and I know I need to forgive them. So God, forgive them. And you get done praying about five minutes later, you want to kill them. When the memory comes back, you got to forgive them again. It is a process many times. It's a process. 
It's something that you have to work through. And a little little advice on this front, because many times people say, well, you, you've got to go back and talk to the person. Now, if you're the one that's violated someone, that is scripturally you should go back. But if you're the one that's been hurt, it is not always advisable. It's not always practical, and it's not always possible to go to that person and tell them that you forgive them. And there could be a lot of reasons. Maybe you've just lost track of them through the years, and you have no idea where they're at anymore. They, they, as bad as it sounds, they may not even remember what happened. You know, they may have just moved on. They may refuse to talk to you. They may be remarried. They may be dead. And people ask me, they say, well, how do you, how do, you do this? How do you, how do you un- unload and, and get past it? And I always tell people, get an empty chair. Get an empty chair and imagine that person that hurt you sitting in that chair. And just tell them how you feel. Just tell them how you feel. Say, this is why I have hated you for all these years. This is why I have resented you. This is why I felt hurt. Pour your heart out. And then you have to shift gears at a point and say, because of Jesus Christ, because I live in Graceland, because God's given me his grace, in my life, I'm letting you go. I'm setting you free. I, I'm releasing you. I'm not going to bring it up again. And it's not because you deserve it. Because let's just face it, most of the time they don't. I'm doing it because it's what God has called me to do. I forgive you. There's power in that. I mean, maybe, maybe you need to write a letter that you never send. You know, and I tell people... You know, sometimes you, you need to go to the person, but sometimes you don't, and it's hard to figure out, and I would encourage you, if that's kind of the dilemma you're in, talk to a mature Christian that you trust and get their advice, get their bent on it. You know, should you go to that person and talk, or should you write a letter and never send it? You know, but I know, I do not want to make this sound simple because it's not. Genuine forgiveness is never easy. It's never easy. And there's no doubt in my mind when, I, when I'm in a crowd this size that there are people that are hurting and have been carrying stuff for months, years, maybe even decades. And you carry this stuff. And the fact that we're even talking about forgiveness, this topic, it just brings pain. Just thinking about the person hurts. It makes you feel that pain all over again. Just thinking about it makes, just makes you angry to even think about that person. And you're going, why should I forgive them? You know, you have no idea, Damon, what you're talking about, what they did, how bad it was. And you're absolutely right. I have no clue. Let me tell you why you should offer forgiveness. Because the alternative, it's ugly. It's ugly. The alternative to not forgiving, whatever it is, is bitterness. And bitterness will destroy you. I mean, scientists will tell you that bitterness is the most unhealthy emotion there is. Resentment always hurts you more than it hurts the person. 
while you're stewing and brewing and resenting and thinking how you're going to retaliate and get even and how you want to see their world come undone. Many times, friends, they are oblivious. They have moved on and they're doing their thing. And you just end up hurting yourself. Job said, you're only hurting yourself with your anger. If you hold on to your hurt long enough, your heart gets cold. You end up dying bitter. And I've seen the ugly end of this. Many times you end up dying not only bitter, but alone. That's what bitterness will do to you. The fact is, people don't like to be around bitter people. It's just a fact. And and there's something else that happens. And this one always kind of tears at a person. But if you do not release a person through forgiveness, if you do not release them at some point, you start resembling them. That's what bitterness does to you. And I know some of you are going, you know, I'm never going to be like fill in the blank, okay? I'm never going to be like my dad. I'm never going to be like my mom or my brother or my sister. I will never be like my ex-spouse. I'll never be like my boss. And the whole time, friends, who are you focusing on? The Bible says what we focus on we become. And friends, all the bitterness, all the resentment in the world will not change anything. It will not solve a problem. It will not make you feel better. In fact, it'll do just the opposite. It'll make you feel worse. It'll rob you of joy, and it allows that person that's wounded you so deeply to continue hurting you, even though they may not even be in your life anymore. Quit rehearsing it. Quit the resentment stuff and the bitterness stuff because it does not work. It doesn't work. The fact is, we are all going to get hurt in life. It's a given. The, The only question that's on the table is, what are you going to do with those hurts in your life? Friends, you need God. You need God's power and love so that you can take a step of forgiveness Don't be cruel. Forgive. After all, you live in Graceland. You know, I would challenge you today, whatever it is, big or small, that is where we have prayer, you just say, okay, God, I got to come at this again. And I know I've I've probably opened some wounds this morning, but friends, you may wonder why everything comes up short or why you feel empty inside. And I would argue till you start moving toward forgiveness, and it may be a process for you. You'll never fill that void. You'll never fill that gap. You'll never experience that joy that just seems to evade you. And if you can remember where you live and just say, okay, God, 
I can't do this, but you can through me. You know, I challenge you to lift it up to God this morning. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, I know there are people that are hurting that have, um, for years maybe been shoving it down, pushing it away from them. God, I pray that through your love, through your power, that you would give them the strength to, to just forgive. God, I pray that Give them the wisdom to take that step to free themselves up, to break down the things that are tearing them up. God, I also pray that you'd bring a brother or sister alongside them to encourage them, to help them, to just love them. God, I also know that we've been on the other side of this. We're, we're the one that's hurt other people. God, I pray we'd be sensitive to that, that we would acknowledge those stumbles, those falls, that we'd seek your forgiveness. God, you're a God of grace. And I pray when people see us walking in the street or in our neighborhoods that they see that we're people of grace. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.